How do you say your name? Jean-Marc Combré. Jean-Marc. 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 My uh, American friends were calling me John because they were finding that Jean-Marc was a bit complicated for them. <laughs> But All as right, I said, John. Americans are not very, very friendly with foreign language. Yes, this is true. Um, okay, I mean, when did your, your around-the-world bike trip begin? Uh, it started in 2009 uh, by a trip to Iceland. In fact, it was supposed to be a trip to North Cape, but that was the time of the where there was a big financial crisis of the subprime. So I found out at the last minute that in uh, Iceland they had been obliged to devaluate their money by a factor of two. So I said, nice. Iceland is going to become a relatively cheap country. Normally it's a very expensive place. So I go. So instead of going to North Cape, I took a boat in Denmark and went to Iceland where I spent three months. That was the first the three months in Iceland. That, yeah. That's a small country. Yeah. You must have you biked do, every you know, single it's a, road. It's a country with a lot of, uh, of fjords, I mean, of uh, valley occupied by the, by the sea. So it's looking small, but if you follow the coast, you do a lot of mileage. Plus you have the crossing of the inside. And I did two crossing of the inside of the island, you know, going. Uh, so, in fact, uh, yeah, I, I occupied pretty well my uh, my three months, no problem. Okay, so you did a big bike trip, and you, you've you've been telling me you do other adventures. You've been on big motorcycle trips. You've crossed the Sahara Desert many many times. But why did you decide to keep bicycling and turn this into an, an around-the-world trip? You know, I, I have been doing a lot of motorcycling, but I was not in love with motorcycle. In fact, I have been always considering that the motorcycling was a very good way when you want to travel alone, when you have not much time and so on. Uh, for me, uh, cycling is the best option, better than motorcycling, because you spend... You have you you spend more time, so I mean that you have more time to visit the places. I mean, you have a lot of sympathy from uh, the people you meet because they say, "Oh, the poor guy is a poor crazy guy," you know, he's suffering, sweating a lot on the road. So they come to you very easily, even more easily than when you are on a motorcycle alone. So, it, and uh, the other thing, I must admit, uh, uh, when I started my big trip on on uh, by cycling, I was starting to be old. And I was thinking, uh, rightly, I think, that uh, cycling is a very good way to stay fit, you know, not to become too old too fast. So that's the reason why I've been moving from uh, motorcycling, where not too much time to travel, to cycling, because not being retired, the problem of time, uh, part of the fact of the, the age, let's say, the problem of time is not uh, a problem anymore. Okay, so you were retired, you had more time, You wanted to stay fit, and motorcycling is not a good way to stay fit. If you look at the, a lot of the of riders of uh, Harley <laughs> Davidson, you know, <laughs> with their beer belly, <laughs> I would say, yes, cycling is much better. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, so uh, what happened after Iceland? What, what was Alors, your next you, idea? You have to think that uh, when I started in Iceland, I yeah. was not thinking at all to do a round-the-world trip. I was not thinking that I will be able to do it because, as I said, I was starting to be old. In Iceland, everything went all right. So as I still was in love for Africa, I said, okay, everything has been all right for, Af for Iceland. So I go for Africa. And it's only when I completed my trip for Africa that I said, okay, 
I've been going for Africa all right, which is normally supposed to be a, a tough place for cycling. So if I've been doing able to, if I have been able to do that, I will be able to do everything. So I can do, uh, I can really plan now around the world trip from, so from mm -hmm. Africa, I've been to South America and so on and so on. And when you say you did Africa, does that mean you, you rode from the top, the northern part of Africa to the southern part I've of Africa? I've been starting in France, going through Italy, Grecia, Turkey, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Sudan, and so on and so on. I'm not going to give the complete list. Uh, I didn't, I just entered Berlin in South Africa. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was in the south of Africa, I spent most of my time in Namibia, which is really uh, ex wonderful, awesome country for uh, for cycling, because uh, it's very not populated country, so you have animals everywhere, particularly so which uh, which allow you on bicycle to meet animals. Wrong. This, this <laughs> picture has been taken in a, they have been taken in national zebras. parks and I have not been able allowed to enter the national park with ah, a bicycle. So okay. I had to rent a, I had to rent a, a, a car yeah, to visit the national park. Yeah. But uh, but I have been seeing uh, I have been seeing elephants. I have been seeing many animals. Uh, outside the parks in Namibia, hmm. so uh, plus Namibia has very wonderful landscape. So and the tribes of local people, which are let's say uh, a change compared to what we see in Europe. <laughs> hmm. So okay, Iceland, Africa, and then South America. And I remember seeing on your warm showers profile that you have ridden from the southern part of South America, from Patagonia. Have you gone all the way to Alaska? Uh, yes, but Alaska is one of the places I want to go back because you know, I've been only in the south of uh, Alaska. In fact, I've spent most of the summers uh, where uh, the summer where I was near Alaska in Yukon, which is in Canada. So I've been entering Alaska, but doing, uh, I don't know, remember the name of the road, but anyway, uh, a track which is in the south of Alaska, but uh, I've not visited Alaska. So Alaska is one uh, is one of my goals, do, you know. Do, do you want to ride to the the northern edge of Alaska? Yeah, I want to do that, but oh not gosh. probably to Prudhoe Bay. There is another another gravel road which is going to a small village on the Arctic Ocean, which is looking more, let's say, uh, let's say, with less traffic and um, <laughs> <laughs> less traffic. I wonder what that means in that part of the world. Less uh, traffic. Uh, you know, Prudhoe Bay is uh, is uh, lots of is, oil. Uh, there is oil, so I'm sure there are a lot of trucks bringing equipment and so on to Prudhoe Bay. So I would prefer to take another road than uh, the one to Prudhoe Bay. But I will see. I've not uh, I've not decided. I wanted to do that this summer. But uh, as, uh, as the United States was border was closed, now they have decided that they open it uh, soon. I think 15 of November, something like that. So I think that I'm going to plan Alaska for the next summer. Yeah, but you're going. In, so we're going to fast forward now because you're leaving soon in just a few weeks to go to Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. and United Arab Emirates and Oman. Is that yeah, correct? That's right. For five months mm -hmm. to cycle more or less 10,000 kilometers. That's right. Okay. And this involves some days of, of carrying all your water for, for multiple days mm -hmm. on a bicycle. Got that. So this is your idea of retirement. <laughs> 
that's my idea of life. I must say, if, if it had been possible, but it's not possible when you have a family, when you have to raise children, when you have to have work and so on, to, 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 to let's say, to bring money to the house and so on, I would have done that all my life. You know, I had done a lot of trips on motorcycle, as I told you, when I was young, uh, between uh, 20 and 26. Well, 18 and 26 even, I've been doing a lot of trips on motorcycle. After that, I had to stop, so I had no choice. But I would have, I would have kept on going, uh, traveling all the time. Mm. But I must say, uh, raising a family is an absolutely beautiful experience. Uh, I was thinking of doing it later, of doing these trips later, but I never felt really that bad to be obliged to to, to keep take care of my family. So let's go back and, and fill in the, the middle here, because you said it's been about five or six years that you've been putting together your around the world trip. Five years on the half, yes. Five and a half years. So uh, Iceland and Africa, the Americas. And then, so we're missing Asia and, and yeah, Europe. After, after, after Africa, after Amer the Americas, let's say, uh, I finished my trip in, uh, in Vancouver, in fact, took a train to cross, uh, and, uh, to cross the United States, uh, well, and uh, go to, to, to cross Canada, sorry, and to go to, um, to Quebec. And from there, I've been flying back home. And from, back ho from home, I've been flying to Australia. And I've been doing the, the complete tour of Australia during practically one year. So this is a question I've always had about around the world trips. How does Australia and New Zealand, how do they fit into an around the world trip? Do you just, you just have to fly there and then like bicycle across the island in order to feel like you've added it to the, the world? Well, how, no, how does not, it work for you? You know, the, the idea is not really to go to every place and so on. It's to have a, a touch, well, as good as possible of different places. Australia is really something completely apart. I mean, it's like Iceland. It's, it's a place which is completely out, completely different from the other places of the world. So I've been, uh, I've been to Australia, and then after that, I've been to... Indonesia, Malaysia, and uh, Singapore. And from Singapore, I've been flying to New Zealand, where I've been spending three months too, doing the two islands, the, the South Island and the North Island. And uh, after that, uh, I've been back uh, to France and done uh, France to China. Okay, just casually, France to China. So this takes you through the Middle East? This takes you through no, the, the, I took the stands. The road, uh, I, I took the road from Turk, through Turkey, okay. along the Black Sea, and uh, from Turkey to Iran, Iran, Pakistan, Pakistan, China, by the Karakorum Highway, which is one of these must do <laughs> for cyclists. Yes, I've heard of this one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's absolutely it's an awesome place. I mean, that's probably the, the most beautiful road through. Himalaya. Mm. But, um, and China is a very large country. So did you just get into Western China or did no, you go I all just the arrived, way? I, in fact, I just arrived in the north, uh, northwest of China and stopped there because I was sick. In fact, I had, uh, got some bacteria from uh, in Pakistan, so I was not feeling very well. And then I decided that was, uh, well, after five years of the Alpha trip, I decided that uh, there, that my round the world trip was finished. 
which means that in fact aphasia had, had seen very little. But after that, after these five years and a half, I have decided to what I'd say I call plug the hole. That means go to the places which were which are not visited during the on the world trip. So I've been going to places like uh, Madagascar, uh, Paraguay in uh, South America, uh, the Southeast Asia, you know, uh, Laos, Leo, Cambodia, uh, Thailand, uh, Pamir, the Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and so on. You see, uh, doing this kind of trip. And I've been back, and that was the last thing I've been doing before the lockdown. In fact, where the lockdown has occurred, I was doing a trip between the southwest of China, which is called Yunnan, and uh, Vietnam. In fact, uh, luckily, I had almost finished my trip. I was practically in the south of, China, of Vietnam, in the Mekong Delta. So I've done practically everything I wanted to do during this trip. So I am every year now. I am trying to find a place where I have not been, which is the case for uh, for Arabia, Saudi Arabia, and so on, and try to try to see places that I have missed during the round of the world trip. But the idea is not to do everything. I mean, it's just to have a a touch, a bit of a, of everything. Are there any other big holes to to plug? It sounds like you you've done everything you wanted to do with the exception of the Middle East, which you're about to do. And you said the north of Alaska also. Are there any other big holes? Oh, there are plenty of big holes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I will live, I will be living and being cycling long enough, let's say, to be able to do all the things I am planning to do. For instance, I know very little of Russia, of China as well. I mean, there are countries that big, that means you know only small places. Here and there. Although I would you, like to go back to these places. You did mention that you were in far eastern Russia in Siberia. What's that? Chamas? Kamchamka. Kamchamka. Yeah, Kamchamka. Like the, the Pacific coast north of Japan. Yes. In fact, it has been, it was interesting. It's an interesting place for different reasons. One of the reasons is that it has been a forbidden place during a long time because it's facing more or less Alaska, and you, as you can expect. The Russians had put a lot of military base on this peninsula, and so the foreign people were not allowed to go there. And for me, that's interesting because that means that you are going to places that where not too many people have been going, and places which are, let's say, going down because the military have gone now, so a lot of, um, of um, economic activity has disappeared. So for me, it's something which is attracting me a lot, I mean. And uh, the other thing is that it's one of the most active volcanoes areas in the, on the planet. You have uh, something like 24 to 26 vol active volcanoes on the peninsula. And the volcanoes, has, for me, that's something which attracts me a lot too, because I like when nature is uh, somehow out of control. I mean, uh, something which is uh, totally, uh, that we can't control at all. I mean, we are, you are just to look at, and that's all what you can do. Have you ever biked? next to an active volcano like a, a volcano that's that's there's lava I've been, I've, coming I've out been, of it uh, i've been in uh, in kamchamka i've seen active volcanoes but it was impossible to climb to the volcanoes because there are no roads and uh, uh, what the russian people the russian tourists are doing when they go to the area is that they take helicopters but i was uh, doing my trip between mid-june and mid-july and that's a bit too soon 
So there were no no helicopters flying, so I was unable to go to. So I saw the, I've seen the, the volcanoes, but only from bottom. I, they are very high volcanoes, you know. There are there are volcanoes in the area which are six thousand meters high. Yeah, uh, there are very very high volcanoes. So you see them from uh, far away, and it's not that impressive. But still, the, you know the shape of the volcano on the landscape. It's something which is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, uh, they have a very regular shape. Uh, it's uh, it's something which is very unusual for us, especially uh, at that size. And the other thing is that there are plenty of bears. <laughs> yeah, and those are real bears. Those are grizzly oh, they bears. Are the good grizzlies, you know. Russians are like the American, you know. They like to say they're the biggest, and the, so they say that they have in Alaska, in the Kamchamka, they have the biggest bears in the world. I'm not going to argue about that. They are yeah, big. Yeah. But were you camping when you were? Yeah. In camp? mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah, but uh, I've been I'd been camping in Yukon, you know, and the south of Alaska, where you have bears as well. In fact, I had many. Ex I had quite a few experiences of bears with and very near. I mean, uh, bears passing two meters from my tent, for instance. So I know the rule, you know. I, and I'm not afraid of uh, wild animals, maybe because uh, in the past I have been uh, working in Africa and. Uh, uh, I've been walking alone, for instance, in national parks, you know, so um, meeting face to face with a lion once and, and things like that. So I know how to react in front of animals, the way that they don't feel afraid and that uh, they, they won't consider you as a prey. So, <laughs> so no problem. Life skills. <laughs> yes. Okay, I, I promised this would be a, a short interview, but I have one more question for you, mm -hmm. which is if tomorrow... Uh, the president of France, Macron, said, Jean-Marc, you may, you may no longer bike. No more biking the rest of your life, you know, under pen penalty of death. You know, what, what would you do w with your time uh, if you uh, could no longer bike? Yeah, I have no, many B and C plans, let's say, because uh, when I have started biking, I had some knees problem, for instance, and I was thinking that uh, I, will, I wouldn't be able to do the, what I do now. I was thinking, but I've, get, I've been getting surgery and so on, so everything has gone very all right, quite all right, and uh, my knees are not giving me any problem. So, uh, but uh, in my mind, I've been always prepared. To, you know, when you get old, you have to be prepared to the fact that one day or the other one, you won't be able to do what you want to do, or what you prefer to do. So you have to do other, to have other options. And I have other options. I'm, well, one of them is what you see behind you. <laughs> trains. Modelist. Train, oh, train model, model trains. Yeah, model That's trains. That's different. But uh, yeah, uh, well, but you have to have something that you can do at home, you know, if you are obliged to stay home. The other thing is uh, astronomy and astrophysics. So I read books, even now, I mean, I carry books with me, you know, on my tablet, you know, that I read in my time to stay informed and so on of the of what, uh, what are the, the advance of the science and so on. So I can very well go with my car to one of the mountains, uh, top of the mountain around uh, Perpignan, and uh, go put myself in a club, uh, because there are some clubs of, uh, of people, you know, looking to stars and so on, galaxies. And I read a lot too. So I, I have, as I say, I have other options. And I have a motorcycle. I don't know if you have seen it in the garage, but I have a motorcycle <laughs> ready to go through Africa or South America everywhere. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, okay. Now I have a final question, which is when was the last time that you were bored? 
I mean, on a, on a, well, I get bored relatively easily when I go back home. And that's the reason why I receive people from home because I think that's a good way to meet people and to spend time and so on and to have uh, to uh, to have other, to hear other experiences and so on. And uh, uh, traveling on bicycle, I must say that my last trip to North Cape was the first time where uh, I have been bored during a few days like that because uh, I was pedaling. Yes, I was ma making physical efforts. But uh, when you are in a forest like that, on a flat land and uh, uh, covered with forest, and all the time the same kind of forest, it's a bit boring at the end. Yes, you don't see animals. In forest, it's very difficult to see them. So that was the first time I was bored. Uh, in maybe 20 years? Oh, yeah, because before I was uh, with a family and so on, no chance of children that you get bored. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's something you will have to, you will learn one day if you okay. don't learn it with your with your your teenagers. <laughs> That's right. That that is I've already learned that with the teenagers I work with. This is true. Okay. Thank you very much, Jean-Marc. Uh, you're welcome. I hope j'espère que j'ai pas été trop long. I hope I've not been too long. Not at all. <laughs>